Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, Rick here from Fueled by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I gotta tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year, I used the 12, Josh used a 20, and uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads, and my god, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide-ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. Kurt Buck down, baby. Oh my gosh, that was freaking awesome. This is my first public land buck. This is my second set of the season. I can't. Oh my gosh, I just heard him fall. I just heard him fall. Uh, I just shot my Kentucky buck. We're going to Fueled by the Outdoors. I'm your host, Rick Gates, and I'm joined tonight by our other host, Josh Luck. Chris is absent. Uh, we think he's deerless, not deer full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't heard from him, so I'm assuming he hasn't gotten anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris is hunting Kentucky uh, right now. He is uh, being an early season warrior where he can be, uh, unfortunately, I was not able to get out uh, tonight. Tonight, I feel like would have been an awesome night for it, too. It's kind of drizzly. It was drizzly and kind of crappy weather during the middle of the day. And then it cleared up just around like 435 o'clock, which I feel like is a, you know, that prime time when you really want to be in the woods to begin with. Yeah, it really cleared up uh, right before prime time. And then we had pretty good temp drop. Uh, What is was today the twelfth? Yeah, today's the twelfth. Yeah, um, I think we had like a. I thought I saw somewhere where it was like record low for this this time of year or something like that. It, it's close to it. I know on 
Thursday and Friday of the week where we're recording this, it's supposed to get down to like 49 degrees. Yep. Yeah. So if you can, uh, if, if you're hunting Kentucky, uh, during these, during these times, be looking for those temp swings because there's some lows coming in right now that are really, really, uh, make me salivate and want to be out in the woods as much as I possibly can right now. Yeah, I was very jealous of Chris. And he was like, I'm going out. And I'm like, ah, I can't go out. <laughs> so uh, this brings up a good point. Uh, kind of the theme of our podcast tonight is early season whitetail hunting. And we gave you guys a, a few weeks back, we gave you guys a primer on just kind of early season things that we were planning on doing and going about, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, we kind of did the build up to deer season with all the wonderful uh expo speakers uh the only one that we didn't get and you know Dieter if you're listening the audio crapped out on us and we really wanted to put yours out there but it, it just it wouldn't have done it justice and uh if if you ever get the chance uh you know to hear Dieter Cockins speak about you know scent control and deer uh and their noses and that kind of stuff it's absolutely amazing and you know hopefully Hopefully, at some point, we're we're able to get a, a talk with him again and and really do a big, big deep dive. We did a podcast with him not too long ago. Yeah, I'd really like to get him and like Tom Brownlee on a podcast. Um, both of them deal with with dogs, and both are very knowledgeable as far as scent goes. So, I think that'd be a really cool duo just to have on. Yeah, we can make it happen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, speaking of, we'll see. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, the things that we're not seeing, which is deer. Um, <laughs> so we 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 laid out this whole big plan for you all on our on our early season podcast that we do every year, and uh, to say that it has not went to plan, uh, I think is is pretty is an understatement. Would you say it's an understatement? Yep, I would agree. <laughs> so, uh, I I'll, I won't start, but I'll get into my part of the story as to why I did not hunt opening day um, <laughs> uh, like I had intended to. Um, instead, I'll let Josh talk about his opening day and everything that's uh, kind of went on since since the season started. Uh, we've had two full weekends now, I think, of deer hunting in Kentucky, and we are uh, moving towards uh, being get, getting towards where other states are opening. And I know people are getting antsy about needing to state jump or state hop and that kind of mm -hmm. stuff now. But you went with Chris to public that you had scouted previously and felt like you had you know good sign and that kind of stuff on so i'll i'll let you take the reins here and tell your kind of story about what's going on and how your first how your first couple weekends have gone yeah we'll just kind of do a recap of the, these first couple weekends of season um so chris and i went out to a spot that we had scouted a few times we'd also turkey hunted this place um this past spring and then we we scouted a um, I, I had only been there twice. I think Chris might have got out there three or four times. Um, but it's not a place that's really close to us. It's it's a pretty decent drive for us. But 
with our scouting, we felt like we got some good intel. Um, Chris targeted some different hub systems, found some hub scrapes, put some cameras on them. Um, he had done one card pull or one card check. I'm trying to remember. Let's see if season opened on the second. It might have been like a month prior. There was like one decent deer that he had um, on camera fairly infrequently, but he knew there was a decent deer in the system. And then him and I went out like a couple weeks after that and uh, targeted some a couple other hub systems and actually jumped a, a pretty decent buck that was betting in the drainage um, in one of the systems. And then I had put a camera in that. So we felt like with with our scouting, we hadn't we hadn't really checked the cameras all that much, but we felt like with our scouting and with our plan, we we would have a def- decent shot at, at a buck in Kentucky. So that opening weekend, and I don't know how many people. I mean, I guess there's a lot, but a lot of people travel <laughs> at us, travel and come to Kentucky to hunt early season because it's one of the few states that you can actually velvet hunt in and it's actually close to a lot of people right it's closer than like nebraska or north dakota mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Or those states or uh was that north carolina or south carolina that also comes in early Maybe i think it's, it's south, uh south carolina, south carolina yeah yeah so kentucky is one that's it's kind of close to everyone and i consider it kind of like a, a big buck state so a lot of people come to Kentucky and travel, especially that Labor Day weekend. There's like a ton of people out. Um, Chris and I, we didn't get to leave until pretty late that Friday night. So we actually didn't get towards this piece of public until it was like 1230 at night. And uh, we had planned on hunting that opening morning. Um, we were kind of going in blind, but we were accessing via water um, at this place. And we felt like we had a really good setup for for opening morning. Uh, based on our wind and our thermals, we felt like we could get in pretty clean uh, without really disrupting anything. And we were kind of setting back from these hub systems. More on like the plan was the, to try and catch something come out of like a destination food source, maybe going back into these hub systems. Um, but we felt like we had a pretty good bulletproof plan as far as our access. Uh, so we get there that night. I was really expecting more pressure than what there was, or mm-hmm. it was not terrible. So that was good. Um, but to preface this, I, Chris has been on this, um, has accessed this place via water before and I have not, and we were supposed to get, um, some new canoe unlimiteds prior to this. We have them now, but opening weekend, we did not get them. Um, they weren't delivered yet. So I had an inflatable kayak in my garage that hadn't been used before. So I was like, I'll use that. So, probably not the best idea. But Chris and I were like, ah, we, we don't have that far to go. And Chris had been there before. So, it's like, yeah, it'll be all right. So, I did, I did inflate the kayak a day before and it held air just fine. And I have some friends that have the same. It's like, a, it's an Intex. I can't remember. But it's it's an inflatable kayak that's like 150 bucks from Walmart. I think it has a 400 or 450 pound weight rating. So, so realistically, like you can get yourself across, but maybe not a deer back across with you. <laughs> Myself and a deer would be pushing the weight limit, I think. But, I think you uh, would be pushing the weight limit. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, this will work. So that Saturday morning, it was super foggy, which 
did not help anything at all. Uh, Chris <laughs> last year went to this place and actually ran into more fog than what we ran into. And I don't know if people can actually watch the video of, mm-hmm. of that hunt on, on our YouTube channel. Yes, they can. Um, but just visibility was terrible. And I can't imagine what Chris went through because when, when we went there that Saturday morning, it was terrible. And all I had to do was go straight for like 200, 250 yards. Uh, but I had my phone out the whole time. Anyway, long story short, get this inflatable kayak, m- make it to where I need to go. Um, and then we, we kind of, I went in to one drainage and then Chris went on down and went to a different drainage. And we kind of targeted the same food source. Uh, we figured, well, whichever way these deer kind of go out of this place, one of us should see a deer. Um, but again, I went into this place blind, and uh, I ran into a briar thicket, so that wasn't fun in the dark. And uh, I was wanting to stay in the woods and try and intercept these deer, but that didn't happen. It was too thick. So it took me forever, but I ended up working my way out and sat up. I got in a pretty good tree. I did, unfortunately, spook a deer that was kind of on the edge of this field. Um, I just heard a blow. What's that? I was say, do you know if it was a buck or a doe? I couldn't tell. It only sounded like there was one. Uh, it did blow. Not like a lot, but a few times. And then kind of, I heard it kind of trot off. Uh, and then, I want to say... And I was still set up before before daylight. I want to say mm-hmm. maybe a half hour or so. I heard some other, heard some boats coming like near where I was. And I could hear another deer run off not too far from me. So I don't know if the boat scared it. Well, I heard the deer run off first. And then I heard a boat. It sounded like a trolling motor. So I was like, I don't know if people are like fishing or what. But th- those were the only things I heard that morning. Um, Chris didn't end up seeing anything. Um, so when we got back to our vehicles, it was late that morning. It was actually like noon by the time Chris got back. Um, he went, pulled a camera. There was nothing on it. Uh, he went in the subsystem. Pretty short walk. Um, we felt like it was an overlooked one. Pulled a camera. Nothing on it for two weeks. Seriously? Seriously. There was nothing. Jeez. And um, let's see, we went and got lunch and then uh, we split up. He went to another hub system, one where he had that decent buck on camera. And then I went back to where we bumped that buck. And uh, like I said, I had put a camera in there. I, I snuck up into this drainage and pulled the card. And I did get a couple decent deer on this camera. Um, at least one that looked mature, real kind of gnarly. It wasn't wide at all, mm-hmm. super narrow, but came up real tall and had some mass, really cool looking deer. Um, and then there was another younger one that was bigger rack wise. Uh, I think it was the one we actually jumped, but they were actually going in this drainage. I was expecting evening uh, videos and it was, yeah. all, it was all morning. Really? Yep. All morning, like the few days, five days or so in a row after we had, bump that deer and then nothing for like two weeks prior so i ended up setting up on a scrape i didn't see anything that evening end up working my way out 
Chris came back, same thing. He actually went up in that um, that hub system, that drainage. He bumped two bucks. Couldn't really tell the size out of the drainage. Check the cameras. Um, he had a lot of movement in the morning, not so much in the evening. And again, uh, I think he had one decent deer on camera, but it was pretty infrequent. So mm-hmm. we came to the conclusion that Saturday, because we were pretty wore out. It was hot all day. It was super hot opening weekend. It was like mid nineties. Yeah, it was miserable. Like it, yeah. it was, it was hot. Yeah. And we kind of determined, and we we ran into some other hunters there, and no one had seen anything. So we were like, hmm. We we kind of talked it over. We came to the conclusion that no none of the cameras had recent intel for the past two weeks, and it really seemed we were expecting these deer to really bed up on some of these secondary ridge points and then drop down into these systems that we were targeting. And we were bumping deer out of the drainage. And at the same time, um, there there were some oaks that were starting to drop in a couple other places. We had run into some hunters that had seen some oaks dropping on these ridges. So we kind of figured our, our initial plan on these systems wasn't going to work just based on where these deer were bedding. And then we really didn't have any recent intel. So we decided instead of us struggling that Sunday we'd kind of go spend time with the family and then maybe go out Monday. Um, yeah. So that's what we did. And then we actually talked it over with you. Yeah. And then we went to a, uh, a place we had actually been kind of, you had considering, a, yeah. yeah, you had mentioned a couple of years ago, uh, we've never just never been there. And uh, we figured we'd go target that on Monday, uh, a place not, none, no, none of us have been to. So it was pretty neat. We kind of e-scouted it. And then each picked an area, and we went in. All three of us went in blind. Do you want to kind of pick yeah. up? Yeah, yeah. So like, I'll, I'll pick. I'll pick up there. That that was that was actually my first hunt of the year. I did not get mm-hmm. to go out opening day because it was all set to. And uh, unfortunately, um, I was awoken in the middle of the night. Um, I had some family in town, uh, and my. <laughs> one of them was walking up the stairs. I had already went to sleep. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to bed. It's 1030. I got to be up at four and around midnight, one o'clock, one of them tripped coming up the stairs and knocked something off. It startled me. <laughs> and like, I was like awake at that point. It's like, I'll just go back to sleep. Like I normally do. That didn't happen. One o'clock turned to one thirty. One thirty turned to two two started turning two thirty, and i was just like i'm not i'm not getting up at 4 30 like it's it's <laughs> it's not happening i don't want to go like walk my ass into the woods and end up trying to get into a tree and wounding a deer or or something like that i was just like i'm gonna i'm gonna take the day uh be angry about not going out so everyone knows that i'm angry about not going out um <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, just, just frustrated. And, uh, I got to watch some college football, which is, which, which, which is nice, but I, I had actually, uh, was going to just scrap the entire weekend. Like, cause I thought you guys were still going to be where you were at. And when I wrote you, you were like, oh, well now we're, we're on our way back. So, um, we had talked about visiting this place about a year and a half ago and like, after talking it over, I was like, well, why, why don't we just go in here? Like we all have e-scouted this. Chris didn't e-scout it. Me and you had e-scouted it pretty yeah. thoroughly, 
Um, and we're like, well, let's 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 make this happen. Let's go do this. And we all went in blind. Um, it was nice. We we got in there, and it's an interesting system. Uh, just to kind of how it's laid out. Uh, you know, some of it's grown up uh, CRP stuff, and uh, a lot of it's wooded area. Mm-hmm. So so we go in there and. Uh, I pick a hub system that we talk about where it is a, it, I guess it's, it is a South facing hub, correct? Yes. Yeah. It's a South facing hub and there's a saddle um, with a North, like a Northwestern facing hub on the other side of it. And I, and we talk and I'm just like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to get into this bottom and I'm going to sit, I'm going to sit at the bottom and I'm going to wait and try to catch these deer coming back across. And from what we could tell, it it looked like a good area. So walking in, the thing that I had not accounted for was I'm walking up. uh, I mean, I, it was, it was essentially a drainage. Like it was like deep cut, area where grass and stuff had grown over the top of it so i had i fell a couple times getting back there luckily i didn't screw up my bow or anything but i finally got like up out of this drainage i'm like i just need to get on like a like a bench or something and i got up a little bit above it and i found a deer trail and i started walking this deer trail which paralleled this this uh all the way back and uh i got back probably almost to where I wanted to sit and I've got my, my headlamp on and I see like something reflect and like not thinking, I'm like, God damn it. There's somebody back here. And I'm like, I keep moving and like the things aren't moving. Like, what the hell is that? And then I realized it, it had to have been a halfway decent sized deer because the eyes were pretty well set apart. And that was what was throwing me off. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't tell it was like, like an animal. And then, uh, I bumped that deer. So I kept going back and I get, I find a tree where I want to set up. I only went one stick high. So I am, I'm one stick high, kind of about 10 feet out of this bottom, which puts me about 15, like 15 feet, 20 feet above the actual bottom, which is right where I wanted to be at. There's a bramble thicket above me and the saddle, uh, as I'm sitting there is off to my, if I'm sitting down. It was off to my left. If I was standing, it was off to my right. Cause I was looking down into the bottom. Cause it's on the backside of this tree. So wood start waking up all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't, I'm not seeing anything Heard uh, heard lots of turkeys, uh, mm-hmm. lots of turkeys, which was awesome. Um, if a bird would have walked in front of me, it was going to get an arrow. Like the deer hunt would have turned into a turkey hunt very quickly. <laughs> um, for those of you out there, I have my turkey tag in Kentucky for archery, and it opens the same day as uh, as a uh, deer season. So, yes, um, I'm sitting there, and I think it was like around seven thirty, maybe uh, like seven forty five, eight o'clock, somewhere in that half hour. I look off towards that saddle, and I see something brown. And I'm like, oh, like, is that, that, is that a deer? And it's, it's like 50, 60 yards away. And so I, I kind of sit back down. Uh, like I, I'm thinking like, you need to just like get ready. Cause this, there, 
like this deer could be like here in a second if that's a de- if it, if that's what it is. So I'm waiting, and ten minutes later, I just hear like r- like forty yards from me, like maybe not even that, just blowing. <clears throat> and I was like, it had to have been a deer. I uh, couldn't tell if it was a buck or a doe. When it bounded off, it was crashing decently. So I'm thinking, ah, it's probably, you know, it might have been a small buck, whatever. Um, but uh, learned a lot on that sit just in the general area of that because I think we got down out of our stands at 10 o'clock. Uh, mm-hmm. Chris had seen a doe. Uh, feeding he saw on, two, two does. He saw two does, and he thought he had heard a buck. And he never saw the buck. So we get down and we're like, well, we're going to, we're going to full on scout this. I've got a couple hours. You've got a couple hours. So we're like, well, why not, why not go back, scout, set some cams, that kind of stuff. And that was, I think that was more the eye opening moment about that property when we were actually able to like look at these spots where we had discussed previously. Yeah. And you, you, you found, like your idea was let's go up on this ridge and we'll be able to see oaks if if they're there. Um on my way out I had found one oak tree right actually where I bumped that first deer was where I first found I found that one oak tree. Um but when we started scouting like and I'll uh, you you take it away on this but like we we got up on that ridge top and just started going and that that was when stuff kind of started falling into place about this about this property. Yeah, we um we all got down around 10. I actually met up with Chris. I, I didn't see anything that morning. Um, but I met up with Chris. And then him and I kind of scouted our way out of this place. And so did you. And there's a ton of trails and deer tracks. Um, so it looked like the, the population density was pretty high there. Um, but one of the things we noticed going out, there were very few oaks. Um lots of lots of maple trees um some lots of maples and hickory trees and sycamores lots of hickory trees like tons of hickory trees yep Um, but i had very few oaks um so on our way out we kind of discussed when we met up at the vehicles we're like well let's go look for the oaks that are dropping because they're few and far between and if they're dropping then we should find the deer right we should find quite a bit of side so chris went off and this one area not far from where he hunted that morning and then you mm-hmm. and i went up on a ridge and we kind of walked this ridge line looking for oaks and we didn't find a lot um but we we ended up working our way back we actually went into a we were heading towards a hub system that was further back from yeah where you were and uh, we get back there and it kind of opens up and it, it really looked like a pretty awesome place to try and catch some turkeys too. But um, I think I ended up spotting like this one big oak. I mm-hmm. didn't realize what it was at first, but it was different than every other tree around there. I was like, what is that? Cause it was a decent bit. Of, it was, I don't know, 150 yards away or so. Oh yeah. So we, and it's off of like a secondary ridge, like right on the side of it. So we end up going down and we get down in the little drainage next to it. And the ground just like beat to hell, like bare dirt. I'm like, man, this ground is tore up. And then we get closer to the tree and we start finding oaks 
Yep. Acorns, sorry. Acorns, no, was, yeah. Clarifying. Acorns and a bunch of fresh, like, when they when you hear people talk about feed trees, that is what we found. We found a feed tree. We found, we a, found a, a feed tree. That was dropping. ton of feed sign, old droppings, new droppings, and we were stoked. Um, we actually um, took a few cameras with us. I, I set a camera up near there, and then we went down into, like, the drainage and, like, the actual hub <laughs> system. And uh, we were going to go look for a hub scrape. It was our, our thought process. So we ended up working our way back. And in, in this drainage, it was damp there. And there was a lot of greenery that was growing up. And some of it was uh, browsed on. So that was kind of kind of nice to see. I was like, okay, they got multiple food sources over here. And I was telling Rick, I was like, let's work our way down. I'm like, there should be a hub scrape here. Like, there's got to be one. Um, so we're working our way back. We didn't really find one. But we did end up finding a a pretty large bed with a ton of hair. Some of them, the most hair I've seen in a bed in a while. So, and it was, it was a big bed. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a big bed. It was a big bed. It was in the drainage, which was a little different, but it was in the, it, I mean, it was a lot cooler in that drainage. Um, and then we we found a big set of tracks that was like coming out of, of that drainage, not far from the bed. So I'm like, oh, like we got them. Like this, this has to be a good buck. Um, so we kind of put a camera leading out of the bed, kind of seeing what was coming in and out of that drainage. We ended up working our way back down because uh, I was like, man, there's got to be a, a a scrape here somewhere. And like this sets up like too well. Uh, so we ended up working our way down. I kind of just a little bit past that feed tree, the the dropping oak that we found. And uh, there was some multiple trails converging there, and it looked like there was a licking branch. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what I wanted to see in a licking branch, where you got those fairly large branches that were kind of gnarled and chewed on and hanging down. Yep. But the ground below this tree was pretty, pretty bare, and it had low-hanging branches. I'm like, okay, well, this this has got to be. There's multiple trails coming right by it, so we put yeah. a camera on that, and it set up really well. Some if so. The thought was, if there was a buck in that bed, he could walk down the drainage with the thermals, and then if he comes to what what that licking branch was, it was actually where that oak was off the side of that secondary ridge, that that buck could catch the thermals coming down off that secondary ridge where the feed tree was dropping. So he'd essentially come down and J-hook into that feed tree i mean Mm -hmm. it made made sense from a scent standpoint i was like okay like he's got to be coming down on jay hooking because i can't see him like coming up over the ridge especially if we have like any northern winds and um and he's coming window back i can't see him doing that going over the ridge so that was a pretty successful scouting trip on monday monday yeah Yes, and I guess that kind of leads us into last weekend. Yes. Um. <laughs> hey, everybody. Rick here from Fuel by the Outdoors, and I'm here to tell you about a wonderful company, Saddies, custom ammunition and gun works. Aaron Satterfield and his family have been turning out some awesome game loads lately. 
Uh, I've been using the Saddies Fatties uh, turkey loads, and I got to tell you, they stop a bird dead. Chris uh, used a 20 gauge this year. I used the 12. Josh used a 20. And uh, my son actually killed one with a 410 this year with uh, one of the Saddies loads. And my God, do they put the birds down like crazy. Aaron Satterfield and his family have a wide ranging array of ammunition, custom game loads, predator loads, turkey loads, the Saddies Fatty, and also they do gun work. Please get a hold of them with any questions that you have in terms of your custom ammunition needs. Go to saddiesllc.com. That's S-A-T-T-I-E-S-L-L-C.com and tell them that Rick from Fueled by the Outdoors sent you. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So you... What day was that? That was Saturday. I had to work Saturday morning. That was Saturday. I was... I went on Saturday... And I, I had thought, like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to go hunt. Um, and then after talking to you and Chris, uh, I decided to go pull cards at a farm that I have permission on. And I had these cameras soaking for, I, th- I think, uh, I originally put them up mid-July. I checked the card at the start of august i think that it was um maybe mid-august it was mid-august um not probably probably earlier than that either way um i went and i had i have three cameras on this property two in one hollow and one in the hollow i always hunt and uh i decided not to put any corn Uh, i'm not buying corn this year i'm not throwing it out there uh i had a trophy rock and I had like one of those crappy TSC like like corn blocks that you get. My dad had given it to me. He had an extra one. He's like, "Do you want one of these?" I'm like, "Sure." You know, I'll, I'll find some use for it. So, I'm thinking like he he's he's had one out behind his house, and he's like, "Nothing has touched this thing." <laughs> I, I go back and like it's the first camera I check. The thing is gone, like completely demolished. Not an ounce of anything, and the trophy rock is already being pawed at, like a hole's being dug underneath this thing. I'm like, wow, th- this is this is a good sign. Mm-hmm. So, pull the camera card. I head back to the hollow where <clears throat> I uh, I had a picture of a of a of a decent buck in velvet. Uh, it's it's nothing like super special, but would definitely be the biggest deer I've ever killed. Um, and I had the pictures of him in July and August. And he, he looked like he was, he was still kind of growing a little bit. So I go and I pull the camera all the way towards the back, or I pull the camera card first. And I told you guys that when I placed this camera, I was not thinking. Because I looked down, and I don't know why I didn't register until afterwards when I saw the original pictures where these deer were like kept, like coming right in, like off the side of the camera, 
and they're doing something. Well, there's a scrape at the base of this tree that I did not realize was there. Hmm. So I repositioned the camera to be in line looking at the scrape. So the deer have to walk past the camera scrape and then keep going. So I pull that camera card. I go all the way to the back and I reposition that camera and grab the card. The other point of this is, is that I wanted to see trees I could get up into uh, for like a kill tree, which I did not do when I first did this. And I realized that like the morning I was going to go hunt over there. I was like, you have no idea if you're going to have a tree to sit in. Luckily, both spots have amazing trees 20 yards off uh, off each one of these areas. Um, it's right off of a bottom. Uh, it's a dry creek bed unless the, it rains, and then it's, a, then it's a running creek bed, which is you know even better in a lot of ways. Um, it is a direct pathway between a field that is nothing but CRP and natives to a cow pasture that has a wood line that goes directly up into this massive wood lot that I'm almost positive these deer are bedding in. And they've always bedded in the, the, the three biggest deer I've ever seen on this farm, um, all came out of this wood lot at some point, uh, I think that was probably six years ago now at this point. So go home, like check camera, get the cards and immediately I'm disappointed because I have 165 videos of two like deer, like the goofiest looking like forkies I've ever seen <laughs> and like three does. And they just hammered that hammered that like little corn block and we're still going back in there. The does keep coming back in and there's multiple does, which which is good. Uh, I check the camera, the cards from the back camera, the way, way in the back, and that buck is there. And he's there uh, mid-August, late August, and then like the day before. Or I'm sorry, two days before. And he was... He was still in velvet three days before. He was still this, in velvet this, on this that. This is that good buck, right? This is the good buck. Yeah. And I look at it. I'm like, man, he, like he's he's actually like filled out pretty well. Like this is this is a a, a decent deer. So, uh, unbeknownst to me, and again, not thinking of it, I have a picture of this deer snout in the air, chewing on the branch in front of the very back camera. Like, oh. That's a licking branch. It's like, didn't, didn't even occur to me. That's what that was, but there was nothing on the ground there. So the one farther up front where the scrape is, I pull that one and I got it. I got him pictures in velvet. Uh, this deer is regularly moving in the morning, like is coming through there. I think I've got like four or five pictures of him coming through at seven 30 in the morning, but it is very evident that this deer is like coming through there. The day before I checked, though, I have a picture of the deer hardhorn, and he is bigger than what I thought he was going to be. Like, this is easily, like, I mean, I I would say easy, open young deer, uh, you know, very, very easy. Um, very nice mass. Uh and I, I, I immediately got excited. I'm like, well, how the hell am I going to hunt this deer? Like, I need to find a time to hunt. So I'm like thinking, 
well, Sunday morning, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to get up and I'm going to go hunt. And then I start thinking about, it. I'm like, no, like give it, give it a week and or give it some time and, you know, let, let things settle back down in there. You need to figure out wind variables. You need to figure out all this different stuff. So I've done that throughout the week or so far. And what I've come to find is that this deer, like when I originally told you guys about this deer, he was only moving on a west wind, which mm -hmm. would have been wind to back going to his bed. This deer doesn't care anymore. Like northeast wind, northwest wind. Uh, I think I have pictures of him on a south wind. Uh, everything but an east wind. Everything but an east wind, which, you know, it it, it, it is what it is. But this buck is moving back and forth through there. And I, I think I have a plan in place now of getting in there really early, setting up in the, it has to be, it cannot be a due South wind. It, it cannot be that. I think we're past most of that to begin with, but like we're getting into those where we're getting Northwest and Western winds more. I feel like I've got a good plan in place though. And I, I've got a very good shot at this buck. Yeah, we got a. Uh, I think it's supposed to warm back up next weekend, so we'll probably have some southerly winds. But I would assume we will get some west southwest. Yep. So that could work out. Yeah. So say so. That's 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 my scouting and everything that I did on that Saturday. Let's tell everybody about your day. <laughs> your day. <laughs> yeah. So I went hunting that day. I worked that morning, and then I I went straight from work. And then drove to this place in Kentucky uh, that we had hunted the Monday, the Labor Day. Yeah. Um, and I, the plan was to go back where Rick and I scouted, where we had that oak dropping, uh, and we had the the bed, we had you know the tracks, all all this intel from our scouting, and I felt uber confident in the spot. It was the most confident I felt in the spot in a long time. I thought that I thought it was going to be just like. I even told you guys, I'm like, oh, I feel yeah. nervous. I feel like this, like there's a good chance I'm either going to see a buck or have a shot at one. Yep. Yep. So I was like, the way it sets up, I'm like, man. And we had, we had a wind switch. We had north wind, which set up perfect for that hub system. And it set up well for my access. And I was like, this is it. I'm going to get in early, take my time, sneak in, get up in a tree. I was setting up for that J hook, like I talked mm -hmm. about earlier, mm -hmm. coming into the feed tree. And so that was the plan. So, and I'll preface this a little bit. So where the system is, it's it's 1.8 miles. It's a 1.8 mile walk to get back there. Yes. So not not a short not a short walk. Um, we walk further the places, so not like mm -hmm. the furthest, but a, a pretty a pretty decent trek. Uh, but the way this sets up, there is some private that's not far from there. Um. And Rick and I had had seen um, where the private line was. And we looked, we kind of like glassed and looked over there, and it didn't really look like there was a lot of human sign from what we could tell. And it was at the very, I mean, it was like a 40-something acre piece. I'm like, okay. Yep. The odds of them like coming back here and being back here a lot are probably minimal, especially if they were like deer hunters. Yeah. Because there was a ton of sign not far from from their line. So anyway... So we didn't think there was a lot of human intrusion. We're like, okay, good. So I, I get there early. I take my time. I, I, I'm trying to think. 
I want to say it took me at least a couple hours to like slowly walk back and then slowly get set up. And I was set up probably by 3.30 or so. I think it was 3.30. So I get in nice and early. Got in there pretty quiet. I didn't spook anything. Took my time. And so I'm sitting there just kind of waiting. I'm like, okay. Like checking my shooting lanes. I'm, I'm you know, using my, got my range finder out, get my yardages. I'm like, all right, like this is, it's happening. Well, I want to say it's like 420, 430 or something. I hear a dirt bike off in the distance, off on the private. <laughs> and it's getting closer and closer. I'm like, are you kidding me? And it's not like someone was like just gradually riding through there. Something like someone's ripping through the woods, like, wah, wah. and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> They're getting closer, and then I hear um, some crashing, and I turn around, and then uh, Doe and a fawn uh, kind of ran by me as this guy on a dirt bike's come going through the private, just ripping and not being quiet. And he gets actually into the drainage on, on it's on the private, and so it's mm-hmm. far away, but it's just echoing down the whole drainage. And I'm like, oh my god! So, and he's doing like loops on this property. So I got frustrated and I was like, you know what? I was like, if something's going to come through here now, I'm just going to go down and further into the hub, actually get closer to that bed. Because the thought was, all right, this plan still might work, especially if this guy, you know, stops riding. Mm-hmm. But maybe the buck won't make it down this far as early. He may come out a little later. So I'm going to move closer to the bed. That was my thought. Still trying to intercept him going from bed to feet. So that's what I did. I, I moved further into the hub. Uh, I want to say like 150 yards or so. Yeah, well, like a, a pretty decent trek. And I wasn't I wasn't that close to the bed. You know, usually we talk about um, getting within 100 yards of the bed, and I I agree with that. I, I think that's what you got to do the majority of the time. But the way this set up, I I didn't think I needed to do that. Um, but I, I I moved closer. I get reset up. So I'm like, okay. Like the the guy on the dirt bike eventually stops. I'm like, okay, like good. I want to say it's like five. So I didn't hear anything for a while. And then I want to say it was like 10 (laughs) till six. Might have been 550 or so. I hear that dirt bike again. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just the dirt bike. I hear a UTV. And then I hear a truck and another truck. And I think a third truck. I, I like have my binos at this point, like looking down this drainage because uh, you can see a decent ways in this bottom. And I could barely see through some of the trees over onto that private, and I just see vehicles moving around. It was like a whole caravan of people. They parked in that opening that we saw, Rick. We we're like, yeah, oh, that, over there looks like a great spot for a turkey to strut during the spring. They went right in, right over there, uh. and. Um, I think they were just, it was a, you know, a week, a weekend evening. So they were just out having a good time, I think. But they were like driving up, like one person honked their horns. So they all started honking their horns. <laughs> and again, the video is hysterical, by the way. Yeah. I took a video of this because I was like, man, are you kidding me? Like, this can't be happening. But they're just like honking their horns, going to town, and it's just echoing all throughout the drainage. And I'm like, oh my God. And then they end up parking 
in that little valley area over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They all get out of their vehicles, and I could tell like they're just out on a Saturday evening, kind of four wheeling around. But they were yelling, talking loud. It literally sounded like they broke out cornhole boards because I kept hearing thuds, and then like people yelling, and it sounded like they were drinking. I'm like, oh my! They, I'm like, they literally set up shop like 250 yards or so from me. And 350 and yards they're, from they're, a buck bed. <laughs> yeah, they're playing cornhole. And I was like, I couldn't help but laugh at myself. I'm like, man, I spent all that time sneaking back in here, and then this this happens. So, needless to say, I was frustrated. So I got down, and uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check these cameras. Because based on that, I was like, I don't know how often these people actually come back here. I need to check the cameras we put out and see if there's actually a, a, a mature buck in here like we think there is. And so I pulled the feed tree camera first. I had to go back down and then get that camera. And then I pulled the other one that was on near that licking branch. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of scouted my way through the hub because there was a portion of it, like a, a micro portion of it that we didn't go through. And I was, right. I was like, I need to check this out. I left the camera where the coming out of that bed. Yeah. Um, where the trail was coming out of the bed where we saw those bigger tracks. So I was like, well, if anything's bed back here, I should catch, I'll leave this here in case we catch anything. But I scouted through there looking for other oaks dropping. I didn't really see any. I didn't find a, a hub scrape in that little micro part of the hub. Um, but it, there were multiple saddles. Um, that kind of all converged in this one area. So I went up there and just looking for sign. I did find um, what some look like some historical rut sign. I, I found a spot not far, like on that secondary ridge mm-hmm. that was, that would have been like above that buck's been. Yeah. Um, and a little further back, there was a, a big historical scrape there. And, uh, on on a beech tree had a signpost rub you can tell it'd been hit over the years and then like a really nice looking branch on it so i was like oh let's keep it in the back of you know our minds for a spot that'd be like late october or something yeah um so i got some scouting in i ended up going back towards the feed tree because those people did pick up and leave and at this time it was getting kind of dark and i was like you know i'm just gonna set up on the ground not far from this feed tree i had like a half hour 40 minutes left but i didn't i didn't see anything so i ended up hiking out of there so that was uh yeah i didn't hunt after that because sunday i had a family day yeah yep so that was that was this past weekend i went from the highest of highs being super confident to being very low getting honk uh, they weren't honking at me but just you know i just shake my head it's tough like you feel like you're getting your like your lunch eaten like it's (laughs) it's, there's nothing you can do about it It, it, it's it's one of the just like it's one of those suck things about that that happens during hunting seasons every once in a while i remember i hunted an area where i go every year in ohio and the people across the road decided to have their entire property logged like the week of the rut. And 
Like you couldn't hear anything. They're running chainsaws the entire week. They're running skid steers. Just like there's no way a deer is going to move through here and feel safe. This is miserable. This is absolutely miserable. <laughs> um, and I, I think I saw a, I shot, I I shot a button buck. Like he's like, this is the only deer you're gonna see. You need to kill this deer. And like that was that was my deer of the trip, and it was the only deer that I saw. So, I mean. The best laid out plans can, you know, go to pot real quick. Yes, that is very true. Um, but <clears throat> when I got back, I, I checked those cards, and th there were no mature deer on those two cameras I pulled. Um, oh, I think there were three different does that had been frequenting the area, a small, like, four-point, uh, and that was it. That's all I had on those cameras. So, I mean, it's good for us because yeah. I kind of marked us off of them. Like, that's a spot we probably won't go back to. So the thought is either that if that is a buck that is in that bed, which I still think it is, because yeah, those were some those were four finger tracks all day easily. Yeah. I'm like, well, something small is not leaving this. Um, so either he's hanging out further back. Or maybe there's a different feed tree, like a different oak that's dropping somewhere that we don't know about. Or that hub system where you were, because it wasn't far from that saddle you were talking no, about it wasn't. earlier. There was another that system that you were in goes I, I guess it would have been north, kind of northeast. Mm -hmm. Either due north or northeast of where you were. That kind of goes back and then it almost faces I guess it'd be a, like a southeast facing at that point. Kind of goes up and around. Yeah, um, I, I think we need to check that out just to see what's back there. I'd agree. Um, but yeah, but at least we got some intel of figuring out where not to go. So we're marking areas off on this place. So it's only a matter of time before we start running into something decent. Well, yeah, and, and we're lucky because we're not, you know, this isn't, we can only hunt kentucky for three days and then then we're done like and, and you got to eat a tag or something like that we have time and you know i it, it it's it's times like these where i can really feel for guys who are trying to get it done over like a three over like labor day weekend and it, it's like that that's your shot and you know sometimes you can scout all you want and it it just doesn't work out and mm -hmm. uh you know we won't tell the story now but uh sometimes you can scout and think that you know an area really well and you know you get hurt going to your stand in the morning <laughs> so that's a different story <laughs> for another time when mr leopard's back here <laughs> yeah we'll let we'll let chris tell uh his story he did go out last that was that was this past weekend wasn't it yeah that was, that that was sunday that was sunday yeah so sunday. rick went scouting sun or saturday i went hunting this past saturday and had that happen and then if you thought my day was bad chris had a way worse day man chris had sunday a bad morning. day chris had a <laughs> bad day yeah and all honestly <laughs> um, i'm glad that he's not hurt he he did he wrecked his e-bike but it could have been way worse yeah way way worse but he's still alive and moving obviously because he's mm -hmm. in the he was in the woods tonight so anything else josh um no that's kind of the recap of what we've gone through the past couple weekends um still a ton of season left still super early ohio's not even open yet 
So I guess as far as plans going forward, look at my calendar here. My wife actually leaves this episode. This will release what on Friday. My yeah. wife leaves Saturday, the day after this comes out. She's going on a girl's trip. So it's just going to be myself and the little one uh, from the 16th until the 23rd. Man. Yeah, so I don't know if I'll actually get to go out. She's going with my stepmother and my sister-in-law. Um, so one of my babysitters is gone as well. So <laughs> I'm down to one extra babysitter. We'll see if my mom can want. I might be able to get out maybe one day this weekend. Um, I just have a couple days at the most. I think I have like two, possible two or three sits at the very most before Ohio opens as far as like hunting in Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so that'll be the plan. I'll probably kind of... S- stick to the area the new place we've been scouting yeah figure that out maybe, maybe hop to one other one that's close that we've been to before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we've scouted but i'll probably keep it relatively um small as far as the amount of areas i'm checking out because yeah i think that's more efficient at this point and then um ohio is kind of up in the air it opens on the 30th uh i told chris and i think i told you yeah i actually told my father i'm not hunting any private land i i have private to hunt um let's see my father my father's property they they obtained that property in 2019 it's 22 23 acres i last year was the first year i didn't kill a buck on it and i kind of feel bad because my my father's never killed a buck on it so i told him <laughs> he, he jokingly calls it josh's sloppy seconds <laughs> so i told him i was like you hunt here i'm not hunting here because i don't want to like shoot something before you again so I yeah. told him, i'm like you shoot something here i'm just gonna hunt all public in ohio and i, I think right now i have a pull to camera so i only have one camera out on public in Ohio. So Ohio is going to be, I've been e-scouting a lot, um, going into some places blind. I'm, I think I'm going to do a lot of blind hunting this year. I'll probably take cameras with me each time I go, especially if I'm finding sign and kind of put some cameras out and bounce around until I find something that I would like to target. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's going to be my plan going forward. I think it's a good idea, man. Uh, I, li- yeah, I like it, that. It's something I've never done before, and I think something that will help me hone in some of my skills, especially like woodsmanship and that. So I'm looking forward to it, but also not at the same time because I would really like to have something like in stone, like, okay, I have this buck in this area that I want to target, and I don't have that. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really had that for a few years, so... And kind of new territory right now, but in the end, I think it'll it'll help me uh, as just a white tail hunter. Nice, yeah. I'm gonna I'm not gonna hunt Ohio unless something like crazy happens. I'm not gonna hunt Ohio until the rut. Uh, I've got cameras out. Uh, I know I showed you guys pictures of some of the stuff that I found. I feel pretty confident in, in the areas that that I'm I'm going into. It's public. But it's uh, it's hard to access public, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I've got an ability to get in there, so I'm I'm really excited about it, and I'm going to hunt that in tandem with with another property that I hunt every year with my dad. But uh, I'm really excited about that property for my dad because we've got a buck on camera there from this summer that is an absolute freaking hode of a deer. Uh, it's it's a nice buck. Uh, I'm 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 excited. I hope I hope he gets an opportunity at it. And we found the we think we found the bedding area for it uh out on a point where it's you know there's three different beds all against the backs of trees all shifted for winds so i'm excited about it but in terms of kentucky i plan on going out this weekend uh i had originally planned on hunting the evening on saturday but i've got that buck showing up in the morning so i have to figure out how the hell i'm going to get uh coverage for watching my kid one of my kids in the morning um or I've got to switch days and it may be better actually to try to go and hunt Sunday morning mm. uh, when I know uh, I have, I believe there's a better wind that day predicted. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful about this. So yeah. I'm probably going to be limited to evenings if I, if I'm able to find a babysitter. So, Yeah fingers crossed that i that we can get out so all right any other thoughts nope uh, i think that pretty much covers our recap and kind of what we have planned going forward uh next episode we may have a guest on right yeah yeah it's it's uh yeah. it, we we uh we got a we got a guy who uh i'm real excited to talk to and introduce you all to uh but You'll have to wait for next time to hear about him. So, uh, the the one we had scheduled previously. Correct. Right? Yep. Okay. I was just making sure. Yep. To see. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, I'm I'm really excited to have on. Um, probably so, uh, someone that people have seen online. I don't know if I've ever heard him on a podcast. I don't know if he's ever done one. We're the first one. Nice. I'm excited yeah. for that. Yeah. So we are the first podcast, but he is someone that does consistently kill nice deer every year. He's every year. Pictures. And he's always on nice deer. So I'm really excited to have him on because he's he's kind of one of those unknown killers, I feel like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was a pleasure to meet him at the Mobile Hunters Expo yes. this past yep. year in, in uh, Chattanooga. So um, I'll take us out, guys. If you have the ability to take somebody in the woods uh, coming up, there's plenty of opportunities, small game hunting, squirrel or deer. And for those of you in Kentucky, your little ones, you're a month out from early from from youth guns. So be thinking about that and be sighting in muzzleloaders too. You're not that far away from that. But guys, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppard. Chris Leppard's not here. He's in a tree. Uh, it's Man, I made fun of you guys about your intros and outros too. Ah, this is my... I've been your host, Rick Cates, and Josh Luck has been your other host. Guys, have a great evening. Talk to you later. Bye. See ya.